Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Okay, so today we are going to drink two beers from Four Hands Brewing Company from St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, we're going to talk about homework, uh, something Lauren Ooh. is really good at when we prepare for the podcast, because <laughs> she takes on the assignment uh. of learning about the brewery, and I take on the assignment of reacting <laughs> to what she says. Uh, <laughs> hey, whatever works. So, so there we're going to open Contact High Hazy first, which is an IPA, yes. and we're going to start drinking that, uh, and then Lauren will tell us about Four Hands. Yeah, I, uh, I to note, I have not had either of the beers that we're going to be I, drinking tonight, so these are brand new to me. I don't believe that I me. have either, so that's exciting. I've had my husband drinks the, they make, so Four Hands makes Contact Highs like a series of theirs, and they make a grapefruit that my husband, who doesn't drink beer, wow. actually drinks. So, yeah, so if I see it, I buy it. I think it's seasonal, though. Um, so that's probably the only thing by four hands maybe i've ever had actually but anyway so yeah four hands is from st louis um they were founded in 2011 um they've got a 20,000 square foot facility a 30 barrel brewing system they wound up over the last few years being like the the fastest growing brewery in the st louis area um they didn't even start distributing to illinois until not too long ago um through um uh well 2013 so a couple two years after they started they started distributing to chicago through Wurtz, um just distributing but so it was started by two guys and it was started by kevin lemp who said that four hands signifies him his wife and his two sons because they each have a hand in the business or will because his sons are pretty young um so that's where the four hands name comes from but all the articles you read of when it first opened in 2011, it says co-founders. Okay. So him and um, Will Johnston, who was the head brewer, um, started this back in 2011. Kevin had a background in um, like sales and marketing type stuff. I think he worked for like Gallo Wine oh, okay. or like some other different uh wineries and things like that um and it was all about sales and marketing so he really wasn't into any of the brewing side of it so um will johnston he went to college in colorado had a dead-end job at one point working at like a pizza place and saw that there was a head brewer or a brewer position at a brew pub somewhere in colorado and he literally went and told the owner that he was going to call every hour 
on the hour until he hired him. So that he got totally that works, job. By the way, um, uh, we right? tend to hire yeah. people at my office that get annoying about um to an extent. Right? To like an extent, squeaky, we've had some nuts. The squeaky yeah. wheel gets the. I, we had people who have like gotten a little threatening. And okay, well, those when people you we don't really when you take around. it to that level, you start to kind of lose the job. I'll just say that if you're looking for job advice, yeah. I'll say, you know, be ambitious, but don't be don't yeah. be stalkery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so then um, Will moved on to a variety of different places, but most notably he was at Goose Island from 2000 uh or sorry but from 2003 to 2009 i think or somewhere in that range he worked at goose island on the as the second shift brewer um right and left right around the imbev um when they bought them out so so he's got quite a bit of experience at goose island and then wound up helping open this in 2011 now after 2014 all you see is Kevin's name, Kevin, the owner, Kevin, the founder, Kevin, the everything. And our friend Will is now at oh, Pipeworks okay. up here who they have done some collaborations. Um, so I'm, I don't know if he decided he wanted to come back to Chicago. If who knows, there's no like no real explanation of it, but now they have a couple new brewers um, no one of, of note that I could find at Four Hands. And actually, they just posted a brewer position open two days ago. Wow. So if anyone's in the St. Louis area looking for a, a brewing position, then uh, Four Hands is looking wow. to hire. Um, but yeah, so they're uh, they're a pretty big place. They, they distribute all over now. Um, their motto when they first started was, ales without borders they wanted to push the envelope of different um different things in craft brewing and not afraid to go out of their basic comfort zone so um like i said i haven't had any others they have won um awards for i think one of their barley wine um it was a barrel age they do have a barrel age program there so lots of different stuff i guess i really need to start looking for four hands in the store because i haven't tried any of them so all right you're drinking it what do you think of what do i think it's got a pretty tropical smell like it's it's like a combination of like Mm -hmm. i don't want to say citrusy like a fruity um it almost tastes like grapefruit right yeah kind of because it's not too sweet it's a little more tart it's kind of like a yeah i don't know that's what i get from it like if you gave this to me and you didn't say this is an IPA, I mean, not that it isn't, it just, it's amazing to me how diverse IPAs have become because this just seems like a, I can't classify it as something else though. Um, But it's just, it's really on the, the, like the fruity sweet side of an IPA rather than like, um, you know, more of that bitter, uh crisp flavor definitely not not it has no not much bitterness to me so maybe i'm i'm you know i've had too many double ipas lately and not enough just ipas lately um but yeah i get i get i i feel like it's almost a grapefruit aroma to it um not a lot of bitterness to the taste it's definitely 
light looking and hazy. It looks lighter than some of the other IPAs lately. It's almost like more of a yellowy actual right. color. Like it's it's kind of an odd. It almost looks like yeah. pineapple juice. Like it doesn't taste like that. But if you had a glass of pineapple juice next to a glass of this, I feel like you would be hard pressed to know which one yeah. looks different. It looks very, very much like that. It's a very light in colored, um, yeah, IPA. But I don't dislike no, it. I don't love I, it. That's that's I think where that, I stand. And on not it. that we commonly do this, although maybe we should start doing it, it as say whether or not we would buy something again you know, or order it out at a bar if we ran into it. And I feel like while yeah. I would accept this if somebody offered it to me, I don't know if I would buy it again. Not yeah, bad. That's fair. I just, yeah, th no, it's, it's definitely not bad. It's just not, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't love it. There's a lot of IPAs out there that I would <laughs> like better. Um, but I mean, it might be for some people, I feel like maybe, like my husband doesn't like beer and I think that's why he likes the grapefruit because it doesn't have a real bitter hoppy taste to it. It doesn't have a lot mm -hmm. of aftertaste. It's kind of, so maybe it's a good IPA for people who don't typically like IPAs, like when they're starting into drinking them and they're not, don't want that overwhelming hop I flavor that to it. At my first taste, I thought that if you were starting to introduce somebody to IPAs, um, that this might not be a bad way to start because it's really it's yeah. got some of the elements of what we're more accustomed to when we drink an IPA but it's it's very mild and it's it's much closer to mm -hmm. you know like you said like the grapefruit like the fruitier you know yeah yeah for sure so all right not, yeah. not bad not my favorite yeah. so all right what are we talking about we're today talk about homework you know so you just, right. you know, homework. you just presented your homework assignment. So that was wonderful. Thank there you. you. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So, yeah, uh, you know, where to begin? Um, I guess, so I always talk about, you know, my experiences with whatever topic we have. And, and I only really kind of have one story about homework as a child. And when I was in preschool, the only time we were not together, I would like to point out. So everybody yes. cross that off on your bingo card. <laughs> I mentioned oh, how we yeah. didn't go to preschool together uh, <laughs> when I was by myself in preschool. Uh, I was, they thought I was right-handed, which I'm not, I'm a lefty. Oh, and, um, As am I. and what had happened was Weird. when I began preschool, I had a particular teacher and she I think she went on like maternity leave or something and so they had a sub and for some reason that information just like didn't get passed on to the sub and so she like kept thinking that I had yeah that I had like some sort of something? learning disability or something that I wouldn't use oh. my right hand to write and so she kept switching the crayon or pencil or whatever I was using to my right sure, hand right. and I just like I came home with homework in preschool because I wouldn't finish oh, like my preschool work um because you weren't writing with the hand yeah the and, and ultimately <laughs> the conclusion is that they like called my mom because they thought that I needed like additional help and and mm -hmm. she was just like well you know is it that she's a lefty and her handwriting is messy or something? Like my mom just like randomly brought uh -huh. up that I was left-handed and they were just like, she's left-handed. Yeah. 
and, and my mom was just like Ugh, like face slap uh, like you know yes and yes, so that was probably you know my most negative like homework related memory way to start yeah, out in preschool. yeah way to start out grade school but then when All I right. got to first grade and I think we've talked about this before we had different first grade teachers um Mm-hmm. yes yeah, my school, first grade teachers, teacher yeah. just for some reason like gave a thousand color sheets a day it was like it was like non-stop coloring so much so that I still remember it as 39 year old wow uh, and yeah. in fact the reason why Jeez. I remember it so well is because I still to this day like derive literally zero joy from coloring like I, you know how <laughs> you're you're not one of those that's going to get the adult coloring that's exactly what i was going to say like you know how there are people that are just like oh i got this coloring book and like the cover it is like that like mancala thing and it's got like all the tiny little cubes and you color it in and it turns into some beautiful rainbow that looks like a peacock or whatever and like yes i just like i look at that and i'm just like oh my goodness it looks like so much work i can't do that i don't know i just Mm. and i have not colored since first grade not willingly uh i've had my children (laughs) invite me to color with them and i'm just like no it's cool let's not waste a sheet of like a color sheet (laughs) on mommy uh you know i don't i really the, the weird thing i don't remember a lot like much I don't maybe I blocked out grade school so like I don't remember a lot of homework and things I remember like I hated English class in high school so I remember like having to write book reports and things like that and those I absolutely hated I just I don't know it was just not my thing um but yeah I don't really you know I don't really recall as much and I feel like, which is harder for me to kind of correlate with now what my children are getting because they're right. young, you know, my first graders and they're getting homework. And I think back and I'm like, I don't even remember what it was like when we were kids. Um, but, you know, is, I, is this what it was? I don't is this know. more? I feel I, like it's I more. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. aside from my random coloring story um yeah I feel like I don't recall bringing home a bunch of work every day when I was in second grade like for example yeah I don't either yeah I don't remember that I don't remember that that's not like part of my memory growing up up until we reached probably I don't know junior high where maybe you started to get more complex assignments that required work at home you know like yeah, that's fair. We had like science yeah. projects and things. I distinctly remember third grade math yeah. homework though, because I really disliked De- that. Miss Desmond, but... you... she was the honors math teacher, wasn't she? In third grade, I don't remember. <laughs> let's yeah, let's so. spend yeah, five I minutes just, remembering really who our third liked... grade math teacher was. Yeah, Hang we're on, gonna go guys. back to our grade school, but yeah. <laughs> But I do, I do remember disliking third grade math. Other than that, like I don't have, I have like random memories right. of grade school, which is so weird. But yeah, no, I don't remember in in the younger grades getting a lot of homework. And like my kids, it's a oh, weird yeah. year. So like some of it is because they don't finish it during the day. Some of it is because there's things that they need to work on. Or- yeah, you know, I... I feel like I'm trying not to let our current situation interfere too much with like my perspective about homework and my kids Mm -hmm. commitment to homework because like, like, for example, before all of this, because, okay, so we both have children who were in kindergarten when they got sent home. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and your older child may not have, I don't know what his homework experience is like. He, I mean, he doesn't he... really, no, he doesn't really yeah. get homework. Special, I mean, in the special ed classes, like they don't really, like there's some things that they send home um, periodically to work on, but nothing that is turned in or nothing right. like that. It's just, and everyone's so individual in those classes. So he doesn't really have homework. So the twins is really our first experience with homework as our kids. Right. Well, so because I had a child who had been in school for a couple of years and had done, you know, the bring home homework situation for a little while before all this started, um, you know, it was, my experience was, it always seemed like he had a lot to do when he got home. Mm -hmm. And we always had this debate. Do we do the work right after school? Do we take a break and then do the schoolwork? Do we do it right before bed? Like uh, my yeah. attitude was always, you're still in school mode. Let's just knock this out. And then you have the rest of the evening free. So like come home at 3.30, do your schoolwork school till work. 4.15. And then you have an hour and a half. That's what I, dinner. That's, yeah, that's what I would feel like too. That to me would be, because who wants to take a break and then go back to doing work? Like, well, and that was always the subject of debate. He was always just like, no, no, I want some rest. I need some downtime. Uh, and whenever well, he would occasionally convince me of that, it sure. would be even worse trying to get mm-hmm. him to do the work. Like yeah. an hour would have gone by and he would be like watching a television show. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, dude, all right, it's time. And he would just be like, I'm no. in the middle of something. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> I know, man. I know. This is why I wanted to do it right after you took your coat. Yeah, like- exactly. No, I, I, that's, I agree. Well, and so because the twins are hybrid, this weird in and out, it's pretty easy on the in-home days to just be like, all right, what are you supposed to be doing? Just keep going because they don't, there's no transition. They're still just sitting there, right? you know, yeah. so that's super easy to just continue on. You know, it it is harder when they're coming home from school and they're like, you know, they do sometimes want that break or they have things. And sometimes it's like, like vague homework, like each of them have like a a sheet that they bring home every week of assignments they're supposed to do each day, like I was saying. But um, like sometimes it's like read two books, have someone read a book to you, read a book to someone else. And I'm like okay like does bedtime stories count like is this you know right what counts what constitutes like these things so but yeah there's always there's always something to do um Mm -hmm. and it's really like not at their age it's almost more work for the parents because like they're not going to remember half of it so i have to ask them every day okay what does it say on your sheet what did you do what didn't you finish at school? What do you need to like, they're right. not independent enough to like, or ambitious enough to be like, I have to do these things when I get home. So for me, like I'm working. So sometimes they don't do it right away because I'm working. And if I'm working until 430, then right. I'm like, I go up and I'm like, okay, what should you be doing right now? Like, I'm sure there's something you should be doing. And half the time I'll grab my boy twin and be like, were you supposed to do this sheet? It's blank. And he goes, oh yeah. Yeah, I was. Well, why aren't you doing it? It's literally sitting there. Like, oh, yeah. So if I didn't walk them through every piece of homework they're supposed to do, they would definitely not do any of them. Well, and that kind of leads into what I was going to say about when we started 
you know, going home in the spring last spring. Um, and that, I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but it was so much like independent learning and and like a lot of like alone, like they did now it's like zoom class when they're home, you know, it's like zoom class and it's like most of the day, but like then it was, it was nothing. It was like once a week they had a zoom with their teacher and every other day it was just like assignments thrown up on seesaw. And it is not my intention to complain about the fact that like organizationally it was hard to handle because everybody was asked to do everything all at the last second. And there was, I have, there was no no planning with how it went down because to be honest with you, I was pretty impressed at the teacher's ability to have a plan and assignments every day for my kid, even if under the circumstances, it was very stressful for me because I felt like I had to take the lead a lot. Yes. Um, yeah, agreed. Which yeah, was no, hard because I am an, a very impatient person with very impatient children. <laughs> yeah, we uh, same for us in March. March thirteenth was their last day uh, in person, full time last year. Um, so it's mm-hmm. almost a year. We're going on a year now. But um, yeah, but it was like nothing. They barely even had a weekly Zoom call. Like right. it was literally just assignments. Do this. Do this. And like. It was definitely mostly because uh, my our kids at the time it's not like they could even read the directions and that's right. part of it. Like even now, if there's like a math problem, they they can read the words, but to really put it together at for like six, like right. they need someone else to help them do it. And so it was a lot of time commitment on our end to walk through that. And yeah, I mean I don't blame anybody for it. It was just it was a hassle for everybody, but. Yeah, we're we're into at least now we've got our Zoom calls and things. But even that, like sometimes the technology piece of it, like my kids, if if everything goes right, they're fine. But once right. something goes wrong, like they don't know how to fix it. You know, they're like our today. So somebody unplugged the modem, of course, and uh. like literally two minutes before they were supposed to start school. And while I was in the middle of work, which I needed for that, too. And I was like where did the internet go (laughs) so like they would have no clue what to do with that like it wasn't a hard thing but like and also those are the trials and tribulations of working and and having a school at home is right things like that oh the internet's not working guess i can't go to school today like (laughs) oh yeah right party all the time right sounds like sabotage (laughs) (laughs) maybe All right, I'm not yeah. going to give anybody any ideas, but yeah, right? yeah. so yeah, um, you know, the other thing is like, I questioned how valuable some of that stuff even was. So it's a matter of, is this just something that the teacher's checking a box that they have to do? Or is this something that's really adding value to like them learning? And right now it's really hard for me to judge which one that is. Because they have to do certain things in the curriculum and they don't have that much time in person. So they have to send stuff home. But what are they getting out of it? You know? Right. Well, and I mean, I think that like, like in the beginning, when they first went home, like we were checking boxes and yes. not, you know, and, yeah. and just trying to kind of have something going on, especially because for a while there, the expectation was that this wasn't going to go on like this, um, which is incredibly naive and upsets me now when I think about it. Um, Because I remember 
going home in the middle of March and thinking about them going back to school on like May 1st and being like, it's going to be fine. We're going to go back on May. Yeah, we're going to go back. And like, and now it's uh, the end of January and all I can think of the following year. And all I can think about is how on earth did I think we were going to go back to school on May 1st? Like, who led me down the path to believe that we were going to be fine in a couple of weeks like they totally did though i mean that that was that was the the dialogue that was happening was all right yeah. this is just temporary yeah it is what it is but well and i'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on or anything and we're not going <laughs> to hypothesize what was truly going on that's not the point i don't know what people knew when when they were sure. like oh yeah. how seriously are we going to take this and how long is it going to go on there was a time where maybe maybe people who knew what was going on knew that was how it was going to go, that it was going to be a very long-term situation. Um, And I think that it wasn't long after that, that we were all, you know, informed of that, but Mm -hmm. there was a period where nobody seemed to really know how long we were going to deal with the situation. And I think back then when we were talking about school and schoolwork, that they were just trying to kind of like, we were biding our time. We were like, here's some busy work. Yes, to for keep sure. You in the school mode. Mode, yeah. So that just when to have we you come do back something. in two weeks, you are not. You haven't really lost a lot, yeah. you know. And so, like, and then when they reached the point where they realized the kids weren't going to go back mm-hmm. at all, I think <laughs> I don't know about you, but part of me was just kind of like, well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, we're done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. No, that's true too. Yeah. From doing, well, that's the other thing. Like on days that the kids really needed a lot of my help to like figure out what their assignments were or whatnot, I'm done at three o'clock. Like we're not doing homework because we've been te- teaching them or at least oh, as, yeah. like helping them all day long i'm not doing anything else like this is not this is not beneficial for anybody but things are better but i still question often the value of some of the homework that gets sent home at in first grade because i totally get reading i totally get like doing like sight words and learning how to spell and the math but then there's like she still gets like they still get coloring sheets and Mm. like there's like a color by numbers thing and i'm like this isn't they're not learning anything like they know they're one through 20 like this is not right something that they need to continue on this was something from kindergarten so there's like yeah. some weird things yeah. that they're doing that i'm like eh. our um my son my twin boy they've started using Flipgrid. Mm. so they write a journal page every day and then they actually record, record. themselves yeah doing that and so the first time he had to do that he had no clue how to do that either like and she's like it's on the slide and i'm like he's six he can't read it like so (laughs) oh a slide great that's helpful um so so that i was like and i had never i had actually never even seen flipgrid so i had no clue and so i'm like uh we'll learn it together i guess this is new sure why not (laughs) my older son's gym teacher PE teacher uh started Flipgrid with them back in the spring and it was actually kind of cool um because it was like it was physical it was like you know do a handstand walking up the wall or or make an obstacle course and video yourself doing the obstacle course so like for PE it was it it seemed pretty natural 
to do it. And the thing that I liked about it was that you would share the video and then like people could comment comment. on it but only like your classmates you know like it wasn't like posting a video on youtube yeah it was like just your classroom or whatever and so other kids could comment and watch your flipgrid and you could watch theirs and the pe teacher could comment or respond to yours with his own video like gotcha yeah honestly i have no idea i have no idea where they go all i know is how the how he does that i have no idea where they they go they could just there could there could be some side of the universe right they're out (laughs) out into yeah the ethos somewhere right Uh, but all right let's open this other beer peanut butter chocolate milk stout sounds like there's a lot going on here it does sound like there's a lot but just to kind of let's continue a little bit on this homework vibe yeah because i had like one other thing i thought we could talk about we kind of touched on it with our conversation already but like so in general in the normal world not the world we currently live in this is like a bad dream but like in a normal world where we're not in the nightmare or the bad place as i like to call it the bad place i like we're definitely in the bad place yeah we're definitely i regret my like yeah yeah my life before i entered the bad place because apparently karma i don't know i don't know whatever i i angered someone at some (laughs) somebody's not happy yeah Yeah. anyway um i mean in general how do you feel about homework i mean there's all these people who would argue that under a certain grade level they don't necessarily believe that there is value to having regular homework yeah um well so in my opinion so here's my kids are so different which is why i have the opinion i do so uh-huh. my daughter almost never finishes the work assigned to her during the day okay so she already has work that she needs to do after school because she just she picks things up slower she okay. reads slower she takes her time with everything so she automatically has things that she just doesn't finish so she has even if she wouldn't have homework she would still have work to do every day okay my son finishes an hour before he needs to because he's done immediately because he just picks things up very quickly so it's really hard because if my daughter gets more homework i almost feel like it's discouraging to her to have to finish the work she did in school and then in addition do that homework she's going to be doing work until until dinner so like it's it's really hard for me to be supportive of that in first grade because first grade is supposed to just be learning and part of that is just building the kids confidence that they can do some of these things right and for her i feel like too much it would be a detriment to her whereas my son i feel like needs more to keep him busy because he's done so quick like he'll be off doing something and i'm like all right what are you supposed to be doing he's like oh i finished it all and he actually did because he just finished it all so i don't know i'm on the fence um i i feel like you know when we were kids we wound up having like honors classes but not until like junior high like we didn't have them at lower grades so much and i'm, I'm wondering if like they should test kids earlier because there's got there's such a disconnect in terms of what people kids are capable of at that grade and maybe my daughter needs a little bit more help because she's not getting it and my son honestly doesn't so i i'm on the i'm on the i'd rather not have homework at the young age because i feel like if they know if they're getting it they're getting it they don't really sure 
if they're well, not getting it yeah so like in yours in like from your perspective when you're talking about like additional practice so like mathematics mm-hmm. for example if they yep. have the lesson and um and they do the practice work in school mm-hmm. they're coming home to reinforce that um with more might or might not be necessary at times you know like maybe for your daughter she learned it but it just took her some time but then to have to go home and do more of it it's just it's almost too much mm-hmm. whereas maybe for your son if it was a concept that he didn't immediately get maybe doing extra work would benefit from him yeah so my my attitude with homework is that well i don't necessarily believe that you need to practice something over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. like if you get the math concept i mean how many times do i need to see my my son it, my fourth grade son occasionally does this thing where he has to do a problem using a grouping like a number grouping chart yep. with hundreds yeah. tens ones you know thousands ten thousands hundred thousand it just keeps going and i watch him use this chart to do like a multiplication problem and i mean he he probably did like six of them today six problems and i'm just like man do you have to do six though i mean like once you get the first two right don't we know how to do this like right so there are times where i feel like it's too much then there are other times where I'm like, well, does it really hurt to read one more book? Like, isn't that a good thing? Or like articles about science and history. Like if your teacher sends you home, maybe slightly older, but if your teacher sure. sends you home and wants you to read, you know, uh, an article, uh, choose an article out of three or four about Martin Luther King Jr. And you come home and you pick this article and you read it. Um, and then you have some more knowledge on this this historical element that maybe you just wouldn't have really had mm-hmm. if it weren't for the assignment, you know, that, sure. that yeah, in, in history class, maybe you did learn about Martin Luther King Jr., but now you have this additional knowledge and that was the homework assignment. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. So like, sometimes I feel like if that's what homework is doing, if homework is adding to your knowledge rather than, than necessarily reinforcing mm-hmm. existing knowledge, yeah, I like homework. I just... Like you said, depending on how your kids learn, depending on how they do mm. with with in school work versus homework, you know the benefits could be all over the place. You know, yeah, for sure. I, my daughter's teacher, um, I like she has a homework page, but then she'll put like suggested things, like optional. They're not homework, mm-hmm. but it's like so. I if they she needed something, I wouldn't have to go and find it you know so like here's some here's some links to things that if you need other things to work on you can work on them so you know my daughter doesn't always get to them because if she did we would be working much later but it's there so if if it was something that was additional knowledge or you know something she found interesting or whatever if it's a science topic that she she liked we could go and you know get some more knowledge um you know it's hard because obviously teachers can't be expected to to you know tailor things to each kid but yeah realistically homework is different for each kid like I said like my son picks things up and if he picks it up quick and he knows it like do you need to do this 10 more times right you know and I mean would it be easy sure but again then is it is it adding value exactly Um, so I don't you know I don't I don't really know whereas if it's something that you do need some extra reinforcement 
you know, it, it would be good. But then does my daughter just need extra help in class versus taking it home, having to finish work and then do, you know, do it, do more. Right. And so it's, it's hard. Like there's, there's lots of kids and one teacher and, you know, it's not an easy thing to figure out what's right and what's wrong, but there's definitely times when I think that there would is value in some. And then there's times that I truly don't think it's adding any value. Yeah. I'm sure if this is going to change drastically as our kids get older, I mean, they're right. only, you know, nine and six and seven. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to be different as they get into high school. And, you know, when we start doing actual like homework that they need to do and, you know, Grant, I still don't understand what the value in book reports are, but I mean, I get reading comprehension, but like you can get that from a test. Well, like, why do I need to write this out? I'll write a book report. I'll be honest with you in retrospect, because you pointed out how much you hated doing book reports and to be, and honestly, I, I don't remember hating to do book reports, but, but your observation that you literally just made where you're just like, what's the value in like re and like summarizing a book I read? Like, right like, like what? you would rather be tested on that information yes. or you like, would rather somebody call what happened in the scenario or sure or you know you're asked to give like critical thought to an action sure. of a character or yeah. something like or what do yeah. you think about the main Ask character deciding to do this you know don't make me write pages like and literally we had to write pages on pan pages of just reiterating in less words what happened in the stories you know what i want to say about and this is goes with that is that from a homework perspective when i got older high school Mm -hmm. even in college um Mm -hmm. i always seemed i was always very annoyed at like the the page minimum you had to write a minimum number of pages or a minimum number of sentences or a minimum number of paragraphs you know remember doing lit logs in english senior year and we Why? had to write a full page. You had to write a full page with the writing prompt. Sometimes it was about those book you're reading. Sometimes it was just sure. a general. And as a person who feels like I can argue a point in whatever length of time, I could talk for forever. We sure. know that. That's why we're yeah. here, right? Right. But yeah. <laughs> we can always talk. Yeah. But but if you were like, well, what do you think about, you know, uh, college scholarships for sports? And I say, well, I like them because it gives students opportunities to go to college that wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. I could probably talk about that for like three more sentences and be done. And you would be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You have to write a whole page. And yeah. I would just be like. And then you just try and add adjectives or add things like it's not even it's not valuable. Or you're They're, repeating I, yourself or yeah. you're like, I think that college scholarships are good. <laughs> they are very good because because yeah because they're good and you're just like what am i writing this is terrible like and yeah. instead of quality <laughs> you have to shoot for this quantity yeah and i just like like there have been plenty of times where i've written about something and hit whatever the minimum was easily because it was yeah. a subject that i felt like i could sure. discuss at length and then there have been times where i'm just like I really have to write three pages on this topic. Like I could, I could sum up my feelings in. I like could one write paragraph. you a long paragraph. Yeah, okay? and, and we would it. be done. Yeah, even with some supporting statements, if you sure. need. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I maybe that's maybe that's really the the gist of my feeling on homework is that if it's adding value, yeah, great. But be more critical on is it adding value or are you checking a box because you need to do this for the curriculum? Right. And like 
to me, that's really because when my kids come home in high school and they're going to be having to do, you know, a book report on something or a log or whatever, I'm going to be like, yeah, it sucks, but I had to do it too. I don't know what to tell you. Like you have to, and I can't give a good reason for the argument. Well, when am I going to need, need this? When am I, when is this going to help me in the future? I, I can't give you an answer. Well, because, and I mean, I went to law school and I wrote, you know, I wrote legal papers, yeah. you know, where you're asked to write, you know, a legal argument. And when you're in law school, they don't tell you it has to be five mm-hmm. pages long. They no. don't tell you. They're like, here's what if you, you got to do. If you can you argue make... your stance, then yeah. that's all you need to do. You yeah. want to make as many arguments as possible because the, mm-hmm. the more you provide, the better your chances are of being successful. That is one thing. Sure. But and and to go back on the I could write a nice long paragraph about this, I guarantee you there are times where if I had written one nice long paragraph, my instructor would have written a zillion questions on there and been like, you need to, you need to, you know, explain sure. this and go into more detail mm-hmm. about that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. There are probably times where you could explain more and you don't and you had more space to fill. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I mean, from from the perspective of doing it as a professional, when I was studying in law school, like that wasn't the attitude. It wasn't like, oh, this brief needs to be three pages long, you know, right? you just yeah. turn in, you know, yeah. uh, one page brief. Like, well, you know, maybe not, but maybe there's a way to provide all of the Enough things that you need to provide yeah. without filling a very set amount of space. and. Yeah. You know, I you're think right. We need Where to do we look use at, that? Yeah, quality over quantity. If it takes you one page and you, you know, get all of your, your points across, great. Like, well, maybe well, we'll turn our children into those people yeah. that that argue for that when they get to high school. Exactly. You know, maybe yeah, <laughs> when my son has to read of human bondage, I will oh argue. My God. <laughs> yeah right oh, i will yeah, withering him... heights oh, that's <laughs> right i can't my brain has like completely lost most of that stuff and yeah. i can't remember if you were like oh i read wuthering heights and was so surprised about this character i couldn't even name a character from that book somebody had like a, a, a bum leg in one of those books i don't remember that was. was of human bondage <laughs> okay i remember that because it's a very weird story i'm gonna tell it now okay. um, <laughs> i was friends with a guy in high school i'm not gonna go into detail he was a couple years older than me and he mentioned to me at some point that that book was the story of his life and that I was also a character in that book and that he intentionally did not read the end of the book because he didn't want to know what was going to happen between him and me. Wow. Um, Okay. I will say that I finished the book and what happens to quote unquote, my character was not (laughs) flattering and was very bad and i don't appreciate the analogy at all (laughs) and it does help me realize after the fact that uh the way he viewed me was not cool like i mean it wasn't it wasn't offensive and and he wasn't a bad guy i think he just thought that like he was we were high schoolers so you know yeah he wanted to date me and i didn't want to date him and 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 there was sort of a similar story in this book and in the end i'm 
is everybody cool with me ruining of human bondage is anybody I'm sure okay. everyone so is cool if you're upset this. just skip about 15 seconds down <laughs> i'll try to be done talking about it starting right now so in the end of the book the female character that i'm supposed to be she dies mm -hmm. she like gets a venereal disease and she <laughs> dies and the guy just like goes on and has a good life and i was just like <laughs> that this was is it. stupid <laughs> you're like this is not me yeah. also she was really mean to him okay. yeah i don't really get that all right anyway okay so moving on let's drink a beer because we need to wrap yeah. this up here and so can erase uh, that painful high school memory yeah right all right peanut butter chocolate milk stout all right what do we got let's... it smells like straight up peanut butter that is yeah no i smell peanut butter it's definitely and and Lauren yeah. and I kind of brought this up right before we started recording. I'm not like a huge peanut butter fan um, in any I, any way. I don't eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I'm like the only person on the planet that doesn't do that. Um, no, I don't either. I never did even yeah, as a kid. Me neither. Just, peanut butter is not my thing. Not like, mine I'll, either. I'll actually eat peanuts like at a baseball game or something, but peanut butter is just. Even like peanut butter cookies, I don't like. It's just not my flavor. But it's not okay, my flavor either. Let me ask you a question. Do mm -hmm. you like Reese's peanut butter cups? I don't love them. Okay. That's cool. You don't have to like love them or hate them. I, you know, being in I, the middle is it, fine. It's just if, most people. If, if somebody had like uh, a Reese's, a Milky Way, three Musketeers, a Kit Kat and a Twix, the Reese's would be the last thing I would pick. Oh, good. Because that whole list was candy that I would definitely eat. Right? Except yeah, all the, the rest of them. <laughs> like, I would eat it if that were my only option, I guess. Yeah. But all of okay, the rest fair. of them I prefer. But so. I'm exactly like you. I don't really like peanut butter candy or sweets or no. peanut butter on a sandwich. Um, yeah, no. I will eat peanuts, like you said. I'll eat peanuts, a baseball yeah. game. I love peanuts. So it's not the salt. It's really just the, yeah. It's just a medium for salt at well, that point. So yeah, I do love salt. <laughs> Let me ask you a weird question. When you okay. eat a peanut and it comes in the shell, yeah. have you ever eaten the whole thing? Uh, I suck on oh, the shell and then I get rid of the shell because it's useless after the salt is sucked off of it. And then I eat the inside. That's a, that's a great answer. That's perfect. So, I mean, so that is what I do with peanuts. I occasionally just just eat the whole thing. The entire yeah. thing. Fair. My husband finds that utterly horrifying. Um, it's, but you're right. It doesn't really have any value yeah. covered in salt. But here's a question. Mm -hmm. If you're not supposed to put that part in your mouth, why is it covered in salt? Right? That's a great question because literally it tastes like salt. So the what? outside of it, why don't they just shell them? And I, I don't know. I'm and not salt. a peanut expert. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if they didn't want me to to, to eat that, they wouldn't part, put salt. Why on. did they season it? Okay, <laughs> you guys. Okay. But I do not always do that. I do what you said most of the time, um, or I'll just pop them open and eat the peanut. So yeah. getting back to the beer, this has getting been an awesome beer. random tangent episode. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what do we think about the beer? I think it's pretty peanut buttery. Um, man, it's it just tastes like it smells. It's not bad from an from like an objective standpoint of like what I expected this beer to smell and taste yeah. like, I think it matches those expectations. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I, 
I actually feel like it's thinner than I expected. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know why. Maybe you're just used to barrel aged beers. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it is, I honestly, it is maybe a tiny bit thin, but I really, that was not my first impression. Like, mm-hmm. like there are times where I've had a stout. Um, I think we had one. Maybe when we did Noon Whistle, I think the stout we drank, um, where I thought the stout was a little bit thin, and it also had like seventeen thousand adjuncts in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and but it just like, like it didn't have like that that full body, that rich like heavier flavor that mm-hmm. you sometimes want to get. You know that creamy. Yeah stout it's just you yeah. know it's something that i've just associated with a decent stout and like this is kind of in the middle for me like it's yeah. not it's not i wouldn't have initially said it's rather thin but it definitely doesn't have as like full a flavor. it's not as full bodied as i would have expected yeah. but you know maybe i expected more chocolate to come through too i'm mostly getting peanut butter on it so like that combination i kind of expected to have a little bit more of both i think it is i mean it's it's what it's advertised it's a peanut butter milk stout um it's i feel like it's heavy on the peanut butter not as much on the chocolate but if if you like peanut butter definitely it's it's not a bad it's it's probably pretty good if if this is the flavors that you like i would have liked more chocolate in it i think um and maybe i mean like i said yeah maybe you're right maybe i'm used to barrel aged beers at this point but it feels a little bit thin to me but it's It's fair it's it's you know what it's as advertised though so this is what they set out to do so i think for that like that's that's okay yeah so you know to kind of like stick with where we've uh, what we've established now i mean what do you think buy again drink at a bar well i wouldn't but that's because i don't like the flavor but if you like peanut butter i think that you probably would um i think that this probably is up there with you know with your other peanut butter stouts but i personally wouldn't but yeah it's also not bad yeah no i think that's fair i think i would say the same thing while i personally don't really prefer peanut butter stouts i think that if you were looking for one that was kind of reasonably available and mm-hmm. priced in a, Decent, in a yeah. reasonable way um that this wouldn't be a bad choice yeah i agree and if you're out at a bar and you were going to have a couple of beers making mm-hmm. this one of them if you like peanut butter yeah. uh probably be a good move yeah no i i think if you like peanut butter definitely give it a shot so all right well um this has been fun yeah so many good stories in this one (laughs) all right (laughs) all right guys well thanks again and we will catch you next time yep thanks everyone for listening to the latest musings from parenting by the pint be sure to find us on facebook twitter and instagram and make sure that you rate review and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts have a great week and cheers to you all 